Good morning. My name's Michael. Um, if this goes well, this will be the first uh, pigeon post officially. Um, the way this started is I started making these 15 minute messages to friends, um, just kind of talking about what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, mainly death, life, and how Jesus makes a difference with both of those things. Um, so first off, the name Pigeon Post. I thought of a carrier pigeon when I was trying to describe what it was that I was doing. I thought of a carrier pigeon and a person just being desperate to get a message out and trying to boil that message down to something that would fit on a small piece of paper that you could roll up and attach to the foot of a carrier pigeon the ankle. Do, do birds have ankles? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, send the pigeon off um, hoping that it makes it. And uh, So there's a Bible verse that's kind of really on my heart right now and it's uh, Jeremiah 29 and it says if I say um, I will not mention him or speak anymore in his name there is as it were in my heart a fire is a burning. I might be misquoting it a little bit, but that's part of this this whole thing. I'm going to try to quote verses as accurately as possible. <laughs> Let me start over. <coughs> there is, as it were, in my bones um, a fire, and I am weary from holding it in, and I cannot. So basically, Jeremiah says, people want me to stop talking about God and what he's saying because they don't like the message. He says, but I can't. You know, I, I think Jeremiah kind of struggled with that. You know, like, I don't want to get um, people upset. That's not, that's not Jeremiah's goal, right? But he can't stop talking about it. And you wonder, like, why is this burning inside of him, in his heart, shut up in his bones, this fire, that he just can't hold back. Um, for me, I'd have to say, it's like I was really sick. You know, let's say I was really sick to the point of death. And I got this cure. And it was actually really simple. And all I had to do was share it with people, and they would be healed as well. And yet, there's so much pressure to not share it. Um, it's not, the message is not socially acceptable. The message is not popular. Um, when somebody hears the cure, in fact, they might think that they've tried it before and it didn't work. Um, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what the cure is. 
Um, a lot of people think they have the cure, and yet they still look diseased. Um, a lot of people flaunt the cure as if they were the ones that invented it, and it makes them better than other people. So that's, I think, the misunderstanding with the gospel. Um, I'm going to talk about Jesus. <laughs> if, if you're in, you know, earshot, you know, of America, or, um, you know, unless you're from some island somewhere, you've probably heard the name Jesus before. You probably, probably think that you know what happened, you know, and maybe you do. Maybe, I mean, maybe we all know that, you know, that Jesus was crucified um, 2,000 years ago on a cross that he died and then after that point if you don't dispute those facts um, then maybe it becomes a, a matter of opinion you know did he resurrect from the dead or did he not so I would say that there's there's maybe two kinds of people that I might be talking to you know there's people that <clears throat> say no way he did not rise from the dead because nobody's ever done that and nobody will ever do that and once you're dead, you're dead. And um, I, I totally love and respect you if you think that. And uh, I'm not angry with you. And um, so if I get worked up about what I'm talking about, um, please understand it's just me trying to share a cure for something that healed me, not of my own doing. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm better or wiser or smarter or anything like that. In fact, I think that it's pure grace, undeserved um, thing that God gave me. And, and he commands me to share it. And I can't do anything other than that. Or, you know, I'll burn up inside, you know, um, figuratively speaking. Um, the other kind of person, I think, is the person that says, yeah, Jesus did rise from the dead. I do celebrate Easter. Um, you know, I believe that he rose from the dead. And yet, there might be some like, some sort of misunderstanding about like, well, what, what is the actual cure? You know, like, how does that get applied to you? How does it heal you? Um, we might believe that there is a cure, and it has something to do with Jesus, but we might have a total mis, uh, a total disagreement about how does that cure actually heal you? You know. Um, do you have to take that that pill over and over again? Um, is it something that is a combination of, of effort and taking this uh, this pill, so to speak? Um, how how does it work? How does the cure work? So there'll be people that disagree with me about uh, what the resurrection, what the death and resurrection of Christ means to us. Um, and then there'll be people that will agree with everything that I say. And by the way, I'm not trying to spout my own opinion. Um, I'm going to try to stick with the Word of God as much as, as possible. Um, but anyway, there'll be people that will say, I agree with every, everything you say. And yet, you'll look at that person's life, um, as I will explain in some of these posts, that in, if you looked at my life in my 20s, I would have probably agreed to 
Jesus died, rose again, um, that I can receive that in some way. But if you looked at my life in my 20s, and some of you who knew me in my 20s, it was all about me. It was all about um, things that I wanted to accomplish, to put my name on, um, to build some kind of something for me. It was just about me and my little kingdom. And um, God totally destroyed that. And I think he's still destroying it. You know, I think if you know what's going on in, in our life, um, that my wife Kelly is ill, that we've had to leave everything that we have um, in Houston and that we're in Colorado right now, basically starting from scratch. Um, very, uh, very minimalistic, not by choice, <laughs> but just because, yeah, that's a, a whole other complicated matter. Um, but I've gotten to where I'm actually thankful, even when I hate it, I'm thankful to God for, for putting these things together this way, for leading me in the way that he has. So, so that's that's kind of what I anticipate the audience is for this. I, I hope that it's um, relevant enough to be available to all those people, um, people that don't believe, people that believe differently, people that believe the same. Um, I hope there's something here for everybody, and. Um, just to be clear, you know, I've talked, I've talked through some of this with my wife, and um, sometimes when I record things like this, I don't always explicitly um, state that I'm including myself in in the uh, in all of this, right? So, if I talk about, if I quote a verse like "All of sin and fall short of the glory of God," I wouldn't quote that verse. I didn't sincerely believe it about myself, that I am a despicable sinner who only, only by the grace of God, not by me reforming myself, but only by his grace, he's accepted me and that he does that only through his son, Jesus. Um, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves there, but I just wanted to, to make sure that that everybody understands that, that um, I don't consider myself anything but a sick person who got a cure, and I'm trying my best to share that cure, and if I don't, there's fire in my bones. Um, it, I can't take it. I can't take not being able to share Christ, um, so I'm trying to find a way to do that um, through this uh, I guess it's going to turn into a podcast, I'm not sure. Um, so what I want to do in this first one is basically summarize um, something I, I said and recorded in these handful of recordings that I sent to my friends. Um, and I guess I just want to start, I got a haircut yesterday and um, the girl that was cutting my hair um, She's very talkative, you know. Uh, she actually has the opposite commute that I do. So I drive from Castle Rock to Colorado Springs. Um, 
she drives from Colorado Springs to Castle Rock. <laughs> so it's not the funnest drive in the world. Um, it's about an hour, I guess, um, or a little bit less than that, depending on exactly where you're going. Um, but it's through like a two lane kind of thing here and there through the mountains and the weather's nasty. It's really not fun. And there's often traffic and construction. So, um, somehow, I guess we were talking about driving through the mountains and having time to talk, to think. And, uh, she mentioned the meaning of life and, uh, you know, she just mentioned it kind of in passing. Like, yeah, you got a lot of time to think about the meaning of life. And um, so I thought, man, I, I hope we can kind of, I'm thinking to myself, I want to talk about this with her, you know, because I know the meaning of life, <laughs> you know. Um, I know the meaning of life. And so what I, what I got to tell her throughout the conversation, which wasn't all about God, it was just normal conversations, I mean, cutting your hair, talking about school and work and all these things. Um, so what I quoted was actually um, the Westminster Catechism, the first question, which says, what is the chief end of man? And um, it's like these guys had their Bibles out hundreds of years ago. They sat around and they decided to start with that question right? The question that we almost make a joke out of. What is the meaning of life? Well, nobody knows the meaning of life. You know, It's 42 or whatever. <laughs> but their answer is not only biblical, but I think it resounds hopefully somewhere deep inside of you that the meaning of life is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And if you just take that apart for a minute, it's massive to glorify God. So we have a duty to give thankfulness and praise and honor to the one who made us, right? That we do have a creator. So it's not just this, ah, oh, nobody knows who made us, right? If, if there is a God, that God has to be good, okay, logically there is a God, he has to be good. And if he's good, he will reveal himself to his creatures. And he has. And so that's why I'm going to go to the Bible for everything that I want to know that's true. Yeah, there's true things in the world, right? There's nat what we call natural revelation. We can look out at the world, we can see the sun, we can see the mountains. But those mountains don't tell us the name of God. Those mountains don't tell us that Jesus came and died for our sins right? God has given his revelation. He's revealed himself um, throughout history um, in the Bible. And you might say, well, why, why the Bible? Why, why none of the other um, religious te texts out there? <clears throat> and the basic answer to that is that what I'm going to try to, the way I'm going to try to answer it, there's probably lots of ways you can answer it, but the way I'm going to try to answer it is that when we get to talking about the gospel, it will be it will be evident that this message, this thing that I'm rolling up and putting in the little case and sending the pigeon off with, this message is so different than every other message that it has to be considered unique. 
okay? So if you look at every other religion in the world, they basically teach the same thing. Basically. They basically teach that we are good by nature, um, that we make mistakes, but that we're good by nature. Um, they teach more or less that we're kind of part of the universe. Um, I think that there are some religions that are sort of um, twistings of the biblical God that try to keep that distinction between creator and creation. But those, once again, are twistings of the biblical idea, which is in itself unique. Um, so all of the religions are basically going to say, walk up this ladder, you know, walk through this labyrinth and get to the middle. Um, look inside yourself and find the good. Um, build on that. Grow as a person. Um, you know, be who, you know, who you are ultimately, you know, like, it's basically a turning in on self. It's, it's a, it's a self-reliance type of religion, um, which said, and this is every religion, so I'm making kind of a big claim here. You might challenge me on it. That's cool. Give me a call. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Uh, and I'll address it later uh, if I'm wrong. But I think that that's, that's pretty much the way it goes. You know, try to be good. You know, be a little better each day. Um, grow. Get better. And that is the opposite of what the Bible actually teaches. Um, so, so we're going to get into that, okay? Um, so when I sent these messages out, uh, the first message I sent was just called Thoughts on Life. And, uh, or actually it was Thoughts on Death, excuse me. So basically, here's the thing. We don't think about death enough. I mean, we might think about loving our family, being good people, trying to make our life as good as possible. Okay, but the minute that we think about death, we should be really scared. Okay? Because nobody has told us, right? Just putting aside the Bible or religious text and revelation, that kind of thing. You know, we kind of feel this like uneasiness, I think, if we're honest with ourselves, that we don't really know what's on the other side. We don't know what's going to happen to us when we die. Now, if there's a creator, and if he's good, and if we're not good, right? If we're okay, if we're good, we're basically good, he's going to weigh the good with the bad, say boys will be boys, girls will be girls, you guys are okay, I'm just kind of an old grandpa, you know, come sit on my lap, that kind of thing. Or if the universe is just going to kind of bring us back into its oneness or whatever. Um, and I'm not trying to degrade those ideas, even though I disagree with them. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just saying those things leave you with nothing to worry about, right? But look, if there is a thing called sin, that is a crime. It's cosmic treason, as um, R.C. Sproul says against our creator 
like we have given the finger to God with every sin that we've ever done and how many sins have we done? And then I would argue that by nature, the Bible teaches that by nature we're bad. So you don't have to teach a child to, to do bad things. You can't teach a child to do bad things. They will get worse if they learn more from their, you know, older brother or sister. They can get worse. But a child has to be taught to obey. Because by nature, we're disobedient. We want what we want, right? By nature, we're selfish. So death is something to be scared of and to consider. That if I'm going to stand before God in any kind of a judgment, this is a serious matter. That presents a problem, right? Life also presents a problem. So not only death, so the first one I sent out was thoughts on death, but then thoughts on life. When we look around ourselves, there's a lot of bad things happening in the world. Why are those bad things happening? Why are people getting murdered on a daily basis? Um, why... Um, do people refuse to help other people sometimes? Why do we lie? Why do we cheat? Why do we commit adultery? Why do we break our vows to each other and promises that we make? Um, why is life broken? You know? That's another question, you know, if there's a God, why this? You know, this is not the best of all possible worlds. Um, when we look out and look at it, um, when we're being honest with ourselves, we're not, there are things about this life that are great. There's also things that are really hard and really messed up, really broken. Why is this the way that it works out? Why does it bother us so much? So, after presenting those, those problems of death and life, um, the next thing to think about is, what is the cure? What is the answer to the brokenness, to the sin that's not only plaguing me in this life, but also when I stand before God is a huge issue that needs to be taken care of and addressed. You know, what, what is the issue? And I'm not going to be coy. I'm just going to argue that and try to discuss and talk about that the cure is Jesus. And that might sound like the most cliche thing you've ever heard. But maybe, like I said before, maybe it hasn't been explained correctly. Maybe you haven't heard it right. And I don't have a magic explanation. I'm just going to try to tell you what the Bible says. And the Bible, though it is the Word of God, can be twisted and misused and misapplied. And um, just like anything else, it can be taken and, and used for, for some selfish purpose or just basically misunderstood. And so in these little talks, in this podcast or whatever this turns into, find yourself listening to it. Um, I just want to talk about why Jesus is exclusively the cure. As in, there is no other cure. 
So there's not another way. There's not another truth. There's only Christ. And obviously that's the thing that I think is going to be the most offensive to some of us. And, but I just, I pray that you would, and I ask you to just um, consider this as a sick guy, that's me, <laughs> who had, has been objectively cured, you know, in a real way by Christ. And I'm going to try to share that with you. Um, over these next things that I record. So, I guess I'll stop it right there. I'm pulling into work. It's kind of the way these things go. I do them in the car when I get a chance. And I just want to say that I love you. And please uh, get in touch with me if you want to talk about anything, catch up. Some of you, maybe we haven't talked in a while. I'd love to catch up with you. So, um, love you. Bye-bye.